Numbers chapter 13. I want to read verses 2 and 3. And then I, I want to give you a heads up that I'm going to read um, several verses, about eight or nine verses here in a moment as well. A little more than I normally read in the morning. So verse 1 of 13 had said, the Lord spoke to Moses. And here's what he, here's what he said, verse 2 and 3. Send thou men. Everyone say, send thou men. That's right. He said, send thou men. That they may search the land of Canaan. Which I what? Which I what? Which I give. That's what the Bible says. The Lord spoke to Moses, said, Send men to search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those that those men were heads of the children of Israel. Now, jump over to verse 25. If you want to read about who those men were, you can see them there in verses 4 through 15. Verse 25. And I'm going to read verse 25 through 33. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word to them and unto the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it, it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the type of fruit Everyone's sitting around excited. Look at this. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. They dwell in the mountains, the Canaanites. They dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Verse 30, and, and Caleb said, Be quiet. He said, let's, let's go up now. Let's go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we had gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. We saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came or which come of the giants, and we we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I want to preach uh, this morning on the 12 spies. The 12 spies. And I think God wants to help us as we, as we launch into this new year. I want to say from the very beginning before we pray, it matters more what God says about your destiny 
than what any person says about your destiny. Nudge your neighbor, giving you a reason to elbow them. Elbow your neighbor and tell them, that's right and we haven't even got started. Some of you are so nice you didn't elbow anybody. Some of you are so nice you elbowed multiple people. That's not either one what I... Let's pray. God, we love you and we're thankful for our time together in your house. I pray you'd help me to preach with wisdom and clarity, but most importantly with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray you would bless the hearers today. Let this body be a body of response. If we are in agreement with your word, what a powerful opportunity that truly we have. We need you, oh God. We need your help. We want to be what you have called and designed us to be. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ and let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Fear is a powerful emotion. Fear has crippled the mighty and limited the capable. It's mighty enough to keep us from achieving goals and living best. It feeds and prompts and encourages stagnation. It is that which will keep many from taking advantage and opportunity of God ideas and God dreams. It's here, just previous, that we have read the great exodus of the people of Israel. And everyone in this room that has a high view of Scripture believes that in fact the Israelites did walk across dry land through the Red Sea regardless of what any liberal theologian has tried to do and tried to change the context of Scripture and said that was actually the Reed Sea and not the Red Sea. It wasn't some ankle or knee-deep feet. It was a miraculous provision of God and the waters were rolled back and then the waters did come and crash in upon the Egyptians as they were chasing after them. Great steps of faith were required to walk the seabed with massive walls of water standing upon each side of them. There is no doubt it teaches well because it's powerful. It preaches well because it is inspirational. But it lives tough because it's hard work to walk in faith. Mere weeks after this act of faith and experiencing God's very much divine intervention. There is a word from God to Moses that the wandering in the wilderness does not have to be an endurance. And he gives a very clear description. He said, I want you to get some men to go and look at the land that I have given you. There's a reason I I told you to repeat that language when we read that in Numbers chapter 13 this morning. The Lord spake to Moses, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. I want you to send them so they can search it out. We'll call them the spies. We'll let them spy it out. But I want everybody in the room to hear me very clearly. I've heard, I've listened, I've read this story my whole life. And it's never hit me until it's hit me like this week. God never sinned. I want you to pick men out that will validate whether or not I'm true. 
It was not their assignment to bring back a report of whether or not God was God. It was not their assignment to bring back a report as to whether or not, Brother Ross, God was giving them the land. He had already told them, I'm giving you the land. Pick some guys that can go take a look. Hmm. How many believe that when God says it? Just that old-fashioned faith that if God says it, and he sends them, and they, they take off. Imagine the excitement, the anticipation of Abraham's descendants on this particular day. Uh, one writer said, I believe tears flowed with joy as those from each tribe see their chosen leader assemble with the other men. They are heading into this great uh, opportunity to look and bring back a great report. I, I see the, uh, the, 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 the tear-streaked cheeks of mothers. They're so delighted that theirs is the one that's going on the journey, this, this leading the families that have gathered around the tribes in this moment of pomp and circumstances. And before they left on their journey, Israel's spies or search party were commissioned, be of good courage. Be of good courage. What they witnessed during their 40-day journey was nothing short of of amazing. They they caught a glimpse of the land that God was promising and we watch that all throughout the scripture. Sometimes we get a glimpse of what God is trying to provide, but the great chasm between the promise and then the productivity of taking it, there is this work that's included in the process. There is still an army to fight, still walled cities that need to fall. Just because God has given the promise never means it comes at the exclusion of work. It doesn't come at the exclusion of fighting. Wouldn't that be a wonderful Christian ticket? If every time God showed us a promise or maybe in a battle of sickness or in a dealing of emotional insecurity, God gives us a glimpse of healing and we just all of a sudden, whoa, it's over. No, but I will tell you this. We ought to be able to tie a lasso around the promise. And we ought to be able to hold firmly to the promise in spite of the turbulence between here and there. I was talking to a close friend of mine on the phone the other day. was preaching a meeting in California. He said, it was the worst flight I've ever been on before. There was a cyclone that had kicked up off the coast. And while we were in the air, some 70 and 80 mile an hour winds began to push us around. <laughs> he said, it was the most uh, turbulent plane ride. I, I've never experienced anything like that. The entire plane cheered. Now, if you're afraid of flying, I'm not helping you right now. He said the entire plane cheered when they landed and when they came down onto the ground. But he didn't seem like he was nervous. He didn't seem like he was scared. He was just telling me the experience because he felt the Lord had already given him a word for the meeting to where he was going. I, I've heard many ministers and even myself, I have, I have dealt with this before. I was in a trying situation one time that seemed overwhelming and I, I felt this great peace and calm. And somebody even asked me, how do you feel the peace that you feel? And I looked right back at them and said, because God's not done with me yet. 
I'm here to tell you today. I'm, I'm going to take a pause right here in the beginning and tell you I know that there might be some people who cannot see it. But if God has already given the word, if God has already proclaimed the promise, then let God be true and any other man a liar. Your parents don't have the right to destroy. Your co-workers don't have the right to take that away. Somebody better hear me right now. Your doctor doesn't have the right to take that away. If you've got a word from God, I got a promise. He's giving me land. And I'm going to say something to the whole church right now. We're standing on the promises of God. Yeah, well, you know, some people don't believe it. I'm not asking if everybody believes it. I'm asking, what did the Lord say? What did the Lord say? The Lord told Moses, get you some men. I'm giving the land. They're not 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 really in charge of your race. And I'm going to tell you something. They're really not in charge of your happiness. They're definitely not in charge of your peace. And it makes me wonder why I choose these guys. They're the appointed leaders. They're the leaders of the tribe. They're stoic. They've got the right resume. They've got the right pedigree. They're the right man at the right time with the wrong testimony. How many know negativity can spread like a wildfire? <laughs> Ooh, some of y'all were real like. <laughs> negativity grow legs real quick. I, I've tried to picture, Brother Barkus, what it must have been like to see them come carrying that fruit. We've been watching for them for days. Here they come back 40 days. 40 days is a long time. You ever been waiting on a report from a doctor? Waiting on a report from a friend? Waiting on something to come in the mail? Keep checking your email. Nothing's showing up. They keep running to the edge. Don't see them yet. No, 40 days later, here they come. Woo! Look at the size of that fruit they're carrying. Little kids are excited. Leaders are excited. Moses and Aaron watch them come. Woo! Watch this. And they start so good. It's the real deal. <laughs> How about the milk and honey thing? It's true. I see people high-fiving. Gonna get me some. Look at the size of the grapes. You know, I love fig newtons. What are the figs like? What are the figs like? They're amazing. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It was the descriptive of it. Letting them know that they would never be at one and all the people are excited and then somebody, oh negative Nelly. <clears throat> uh, but, but there's a problem. And you start to put together why you could be someone carrying fruit but wearing a frown. 
got fruit in your hand, but a frown on your face. So he kept you for 40 days. It wasn't like a covert mission, one or two guys. It was 12 people stumbling around for 40 days and made it back with a cluster so big that we would turn it into every kind of illustration. Carry it around that thing. But the people, there's Amorites and Hamlekites and Canaanites and all the other ites that you can. They're in the mountains and they're by the sea. And we're, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And one little dude. Caleb, it's as if Caleb is not connected at all. Caleb goes, where were you? Be still. We can do this. Now listen, it's easy for us to clap about him now. He didn't have many takers that day. We're going to do this. And everybody said, Read into chapter 14. We're not a handful of verses from where Moses and Aaron are on their face in the dirt and the people are rising up to kill them. Please notice the timeline that I'm going to preach in a minute. The Lord spoke to Moses, pick some guys and send them into camp. Okay. They're going to come back and bring a report. Come back. We got fruit, milk and honey. But there's walled cities and big people. They're mighty and we're not. You know the difference, you want to hear somebody say, the difference is we got the word of God. But the next thing we read in chapter 14 is that Moses and Aaron are on their face in the dirt. They're, they're down crying out before God. And God gets mad. Capital M-A-D, mad. Read your Bible. He's about to kill all the people. Brother Mac, I'm a little, I don't know if we ever quite see the heart of a pastor any more in Moses than we do in this moment. The people that just said they're going to kill me, they're going to raise up a leader that will take them back to Egypt. That's what they're doing. We're going to get us a leader that will tell us compromise is fine. We're going to let somebody, I know that we'll be in bondage, but at least we'll live. That ain't living. That ain't living. And Moses goes to praying and Aaron goes to praying and God says, I'm going to kill them all. There had to be a little part of Moses that was like, mm, not bad. But he starts interceding on behalf of the people. And he says, don't let any of these people get credit. Don't let them think that you are any different than you have already declared to be. That you are a God of grace and a God of mercy. And the Lord is about to put something on display through a man by the name of Caleb and a man by the name of Joshua. Two, read it in that lineage there if you're reading your 
KJV, you won't find Joshua. You'll find Hosea or Hosea, depending upon who wrote and who translated the Bible there for you. That is Joshua, the son of Nun. And we read about it here in chapter 14. It is Caleb and it is Joshua. It is two spies out of 12, two of the search party out of 12 that cling to one promise. Now you listen to me right now. I want everybody to be in agreement here. Caleb never said the guys aren't big. Caleb never said, there are no giants in the land. And anybody that will tell you there are not giants, they are not your friend. Well, there's no real problems when you live for God. Hmm. <laughs> New believer, huh? He never said there were no problems. He never said there were no giants. But he was tied to that promise that came from God to Moses. I'm going to give. I'm going to give you this. And Caleb and Joshua decided, if he's doing the giving, I want to be attached to what he's... I've come with a very simple message on the first Sunday morning in January. We got to get the negative voices out of our life. We got to get, I don't care if there's 10 of them and only two that are positive. You'd be better off to get with a smaller group that'll say whatever the Lord said, whatever the Lord said, whatever the Lord it's not the popular opinion. No, but what the Lord said is what I'm tied to. I'm going to believe in what the Lord said. If you want to find negative voices, you can find 10 in a hurry. Want to know the easiest place to find them? Some person that don't even come to church faithful. You can find it. Want to find somebody that doesn't agree with you about living righteous before the Lord? Get on Facebook. You'll find you 10 real quick. Come on, I'm preaching the truth. You want to find somebody that'll, that'll agree with you that, 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 man, the church has some flaws. Get on Facebook. People that, people that haven't talked to you in months, yay, verily years, say one thing negative. I've had you on my mind. No, you haven't. You've had a negative spirit. And, a, and they found in that moment it was easier to be negative than it was to be positive. But I'm tying to this on this first Sunday morning in January. It's an old timeless truth that if God be for us, yeah, but there's Amalekites. Yeah, but there's a God. You know, there's Canaanites. Yeah, but I feel a little beside myself right now. But there's a God. And greater than that, I have his promise. Who am I preaching to right now? He already promised you your family was going to live for God. He already He already promised you that they were going to get baptized in Jesus' name. He promised you that prodigal was coming back. He promised you your children would be saved. He promised you, get your eyes off the Canaanites. Get your eyes off the Amalekites. Get your ear. What about when they walk up? Some of us in this room, we're waiting on some miracles to happen. What when they walk up with the negative report? I don't know. 
You know, that pastor's kind of fanatical. I know. I don't know. I don't know about all the healing stuff. Really? I don't know. I don't know about all the, the prayer stuff. The, hmm. Did you see that person run across the front? I don't, I don't know. You don't need to. Let everything, let everything, let everything that has breath. Wait a minute, we're not living in the land yet. We're not living in the promise. I'm living in the prophetic promise. He told me he's giving it. So I'm not going to let some negative person disqualify what he already told me is mine to possess. I'm preaching to somebody very strongly right now. You've got people, please hear me. You've got voices in your life that are about to send you on a 40-year wander. You're about to lose years you can't afford to lose. Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You're about to lose time you cannot afford to lose in your marriage and in your ministry. I'm preaching to people in this room. Nobody even knows you were called to ministry. It was 20 and 30 years ago. And nobody knows because it's laid dormant for a long time. But I'm in the vein of the Holy Ghost when I'm telling you right now. There were voices of negativity that got you off the track. And you feel like you have wandered in the wilderness for years. And I'm speaking to somebody else preemptively right now. And telling you it is not they who qualify you. It is God who qualifies you. You better hear me right now. It is not the amount of money in your bank account that is going to qualify you. It's not the number of initials after your name from the degree you possess that's going to qualify you. I would actually turn the narrative this way, Brother Hauk. Of course there's Canaanites in the land. Of course there's Amalekites in the land. If they're not, then it isn't God's giving. There's no reason we should look at this city and preach what I'm going to preach tonight and preach what I'm preaching this morning about the fact that I believe God has given this, this to possess. There's no reason I should look at the Amalekites of this city and the Canaanites of this territory. And, but it's not their city. Somebody in this room right now your doctor's report has become the Canaanite of your life. It's the Canaanite. It's overwhelming. But there should have been someone close to you that should have said, but we can do this. But instead, it was five to one odds. Ten against two. And the negative voices were loud enough to make you feel like you couldn't be the man that your dad never was. That you couldn't be the woman that you never saw represent prayer in your home. The 
negative voices begin to reach in and talk to you and tell you you're an introvert. You don't need to act any other way. The negative voices got in and begin to manipulate you. The problem is it doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone. I come with a clear Mandate from God in this service launching out into this year to tell us we cannot be believers with negative voices. Well, I don't, Pastor Carson, I don't believe in all that positive speech stuff. It's obvious. I don't believe in all that just talking and it'll happen. I'm not, listen. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I will tell you what's not right is your first response. It'd be great if he could do it. Look at the fruit. Isn't that the ultimate dichotomy? It, it, it really is. To have fruit in your hand and say, but the men. And if we're not careful, that's what we do. We walk in here on Sunday. Woo! Woo! <laughs> and then we walk out Monday. It's a reason why some people in the room, you're not making any spiritual ground because who you are on Sunday is very different than who you are on Monday. By the time Monday goes around, Call me old-fashioned if you want to, but I think we've got to be very careful what we play into our spirit by negativity after we've been in the promises and the presence of God. We've got to be very careful who we allow to speak things into our life and what we allow to speak things into our life. We've got to be careful what we process and what we do. Hey, hey, let me, let me ask you a question. Go, go, back, go back in your Bible if you still have it there. Numbers chapter 13, open it up. You ever read about the adventures of Shemua or the adventures of Shaphat? How about the great tales of Egol and Palti? Hey, hey, Dad, tell me that story of Raphu and, and, and Gadiel. Hey, 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 Dad, talk to me about Gadai and Amiel. Hey, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Mom, hey, Mom. Tell me, tell me those stories about Sether and, and, and Nabi and, and Ghul, those fun ones. People in a room are like, who, who, who's, who's, it's that little stretch of names in Numbers 13 that we read once and then we stop talking about. We read once and then we stop talking about. Because people that don't want to have the guts to do what God has already promised, they they get the opportunity to negatively sway an entire body and then they ride off into the sunset of obscurity. And if we're not careful, I, I want to be... If we're not careful, people that should not even deserve a voice in our life will distract our entire calling. Can I tell you one of the things I deal with as your pastor? People that want me to compromise. Bad news. This is who we are. We're one God people. We're apostolic. 
from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. We believe in baptism in Jesus' name. We believe in repentance. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We believe in holiness and lifestyle disciplines. We believe men should be men and women should be. Oh, you need to stop preaching like that. No, you need to stop being fanatical like that. It's a big city and we can't reach them like that. If we can't reach them like that, we can't reach them. How ridiculous would it be for us to appeal with something outside of doctrine? I don't want to play no bait and switch game. This all right? I'm, I'm. Bible college students, we don't want to play some bait and switch game. Well, we're just like every other church. No, we're not. We're just one more flavor of Christianity. No! We're the people of the name. It comes out in everything we do. So I'm not going to let a bunch of guys like Shamu and Shaphat and Ego. I can tell you a bunch of people in Scripture. Brother Jacob, I can tell you a bunch of people in Scripture. I got to look their names up every time I want to say them. You want to know why? They're insignificant to me. Negative people ought to be insignificant to you. Once God's given you a promise and then they tell you something otherwise, you ought to drown that. You ought to drown that out of. Their life ought to speak for itself. They don't even make it to church. Don't want to live righteous. Don't want to talk. Get that. Why would we seek approval of people that don't even want the promise? Or maybe they want the fruit, just not the fight. I want the fruit. I want the apostolic fruit. I don't want that fight stuff. I want the fruit of the, of the promise, but I don't want no fight of that process. I want to live. What good is living if you're not even living in the promise of God? Man, I feel like preaching this morning. Brother Stumbo, I don't want that. I don't want fruit that comes without a fight. I'm going to tell you the grapes taste sweeter when I'm going to be able to say, it was the Lord. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. Yeah, there was sickness, but it was the Lord. There was a battle, but it was the Lord. I had somebody say to me, believe it, just don't preach it from the pulpit. How about when you pastor, you do what you want? Oh, pastor, you're sharing a little too much. No, I'm just pulling the mask off the enemy and telling the devil, God's people will not be distracted. God's people will not be deterred. God's people will not. Don't you tell us to settle for the wilderness. We are not wilderness people. We are not Egyptian people. Don't you... Hey, 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 why don't we get us a leader that'll take us back? <laughs> why, why? And Moses and Aaron, crying and seeking God, stand with me so you'll make me know that I need to stop. Because <laughs> if you leave it up to me, it's going to be tragic. <sighs> Woo! They're crying. They're seeking God. 
They're ready to raise up and stone them. God prays, or, or, or Moses prays to God for mercy. Do you know that every one of them 10 guys dies before they see the promised land? Two guys walk in that place. <laughs> if you can't claim it, you can't possess it. If you can't claim it, even in the face of adversity. Yeah, but Pastor Carson, nobody else in my family even believe. I got people in my family that think I'm crazy, Pastor. You're in good company. The joy of the Lord. It was 1519 when Cortez takes his men to fight against the Aztecs. For 600 years, they've stood undefeated. There is no one that can surpass them. There is no one that can take over them. There is no one that can advance beyond them. And Cortez and his men and somewhat renegade army that is way too small for the feet ahead pull their ships up to the sandy shores of that Aztec territory. But it had begun to whisper through and made its way to the ears of Cortez Brother Titus, he heard that some had planned. We're going to take some of these ships and we're going to head back. And so they had barely beached those boats when the orders went out. If we leave this place, we will leave on the ships of the Aztecs. And with a, I think had to be a little crazy in his voice, and a little radical in his eyes. He gave a command that would send shockwaves throughout American and global history. He said, burn the ships. And it put something in the heart and the mind of every soldier under his voice. We have nothing to go back to. Our only option is to advance. I feel a word from the Lord for somebody. Every negative voice in your life needs eliminated. Well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to get rid of them. Block. Unfollow. There's people in this room right now, hear me. I know this is super simple and practical right here, but there are people in this room following people on social media that they don't even know you. You're holding your life accountable to what they're doing, the airbrushed version of them. You ever done any reading on the average number of pictures that someone takes before they post? I was on the plane not long ago and there was this made up Barbie not far from me and she was taking, she, oh. she took so many pictures, wasn't nothing real left. I, I, I found a little bit of humor, but I also found a little despair in it. She's sitting right over here and I watched her go from one filter to the next, one filter to the next and picture after picture trying to find some, some version of herself that she felt worthy to share. There's people in your life that have been speaking question into you. 
does this really matter? To which I tell you, yes. Your calling matters. There's people in this room right now, you've had a long-standing call to serve missions in some way. You feel great prompting of the Holy Ghost. You've let people in your life, even your own voices inside that have tried to disqualify you. I want you to lift your hands with me all over the room. I feel a great touch right now. If you're willing, I want you to lift up your hands and just do this. Just say, God, I surrender to your will in my life. For some, he's reviving that old call. For some, he's revealing negative voices. You know it. It might be a boyfriend. It might be a girlfriend. It might even be a parent. It might be a friend. It might be... It might be a co-worker. It might be a boss. I don't, I don't know what it is. It might be that magazine you read. It might be that newscast you can't seem to get away from. It might be that radio station that you consistently listen to. And you know that it makes you the meaner, more aggravated version of yourself. I don't. It might be that course that you're in that you don't even feel peace about. It might be that job that you're entertaining that you know God told you to stay away from it. There's going to be a revival of intercessors in 2023. He's stirring it in some of you right now. And there have been negative voices of life circumstance that have been crowding that out. And they're eating fruit, but they're telling you the promise is not worth the price. It might not be for everyone, but anyone that's willing and desires I do want to open these altars right now. I think there's people in this room that say there's some negative voices that I'm not even sure how to get rid of. I think there's some people in this room that are saying the negative voice of the enemy has been my consistent. I walk out of here feeling good, but by the time I get to my car in the parking lot, I, I can't even get home without feeling like a failure. He's been lying to me. God, I pray that you would free your people in this room. I know there's a fight ahead. I know there will still be a Jericho. But one testimony can lead to another if we will stand on the promises of God. Encourage us in our prayer. Somebody even right there in your pew, why don't you just make an altar right now? Somebody go ahead and burn the boat of negativity. Burn down the ships of your life that want you to escape the call of God. That want you to retreat without the fight.